Welcome back to Love Letters and Mixtapes. I am so glad you're here. This podcast explores all the things that our younger selves needed to hear, whether that was 30 years ago, three years ago, or yesterday. After you listen to this episode, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite listening platform. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider sponsoring this podcast with a one-time donation or a monthly donation by clicking the link in my Instagram bio at Love Letters and Mixtapes or scrolling down to the notes section of this episode. Are we allowed to relax, releasing ourselves from the trap of rigidity, control, punishment, and hypervigilance? Now, as we dive into this topic this week, I want to encourage you to pause even before we dive in and allow yourself the opportunity to look at this with a new perspective. Because for so many of us, when we begin talking about this topic, especially if it's something we're very sensitive about, we can almost instantly become very clinical or dive into black and white thinking or pathologizing or catastrophizing. So whether this is the first episode you've ever listened to of Love Letters and Mixtapes, or if you've listened to all the episodes, I just want to remind you that this isn't a therapy session. This isn't a test you can fail. This isn't an I gotcha situation where someone's looking to zing you or pull you in or point a finger at you or sell you something. This is about creating a space where we can look at ourselves at who we've been, at who we have the possibility to become. And we can be gentle with ourselves because when it comes to this topic of are we allowed to relax, for many of us, the answer is no. And that's why I wanted to talk about it. Not because listening to one podcast episode is going to change everything, but because it might just release the pressure and allow you to look at yourself Look at your own thoughts, the stories you tell yourself in a new way. So how do you know if this topic applies to you specifically? Well, it's different for everyone, but I would probably say if you find yourself relating to stories of parentified children, where your childhood did not allow you to experience any of that joy, that play, that relaxation, that rest, that trust that you had everything you needed to fall flat on your face, get up and try again. And many of us did. Many of us had that. We had very supportive, nurturing, understanding caregivers who allowed us that space to explore and create and fail. Just the space to fail is so incredible. And it's so necessary for our evolution. But what happens when you don't have that? What happens when your safety is reliant on your perfectionism, on your hypervigilance? What happens when you can't trust that a caregiver is looking out for you? What happens when there is punishment attached to curiosity or to wonder? What happens if you put yourself in harm's way for questioning anyone or anything? And what happens if 
given really stressful, intense circumstances, you felt like you couldn't step out of line even for a second because the entire world, as you knew it, would collapse. How does that affect us in childhood? And how does that follow us into adulthood? And how do we navigate it? I know that for many people who have not had that experience or maybe have not educated themselves about it, it can sound really simple and straightforward. Okay, you're no longer in a dangerous situation, so snap out of it. Life is good now. Just show up. Just relax. Just let go. Just surrender. And for someone who grew up in fight or flight and your very survival depended on it, it is not so easy to just flip that switch and accept the good, to tap into our creativity, our exploration, our wonder, our desire for something more. And in turn, we can begin to use the tools that we use for survival and they actually prevent us from thriving. And I don't say this to make anyone feel bad about themselves. It's almost just an invitation to compassionate awareness. So if you related to anything I just said and you felt like, that sounds like me, I couldn't trust, relax, pause, be silly, be creative, or anything in my childhood. And as an adult, I have a really hard time just letting go, just relaxing, just showing up or going with the flow. And my hypervigilance, this thing that once kept me alive, is now preventing me from intimacy, from vulnerability, from connection, from surprises, from joy, all of those things that are necessary for really full happy, joyful life. And this can show up in so many ways. There's no way I could describe every single experience, but some of them could be a really strong attachment to routine, even if it doesn't serve us. It's almost that phrase, the devil you know, because you can't allow yourself to step out of the routine because what if something bad happened? And God forbid something good happened. How would we deal with that? And maybe it's not even a conscious feeling because I, you know, we're all at different stages of acceptance and awareness, but maybe there's just some discomfort in the rigidity and we know it's not serving us well, but we can't quite put our finger on it. And that can show up in a lot of different ways. Maybe we are perseverating on the past and we are replaying things over and over and over again. And that's the tricky thing about the past. It may have been incredibly difficult, but it never changes. So it can almost be soothing to go back and return to our stories over and over and over again, even if they're painful, because they are familiar and they do not change. And part of that is also our negativity bias, trying to look for the enemy, the danger. Where do we trip up? Where did we mess up? How do we pay attention to it? What were the signs? And we can go over and over and over that in a loop, that need for certainty. And maybe for some of us, it's also the desire to get things over with. And I know I am speaking to my people right now because (laughs) some of us have that. 
And it's almost really challenging to describe to someone who's never experienced it. We can be in the most blissful, profound, incredible moment of our lives, and we cannot wait to get it over with so that we can just be done with it, just be on the other side of it, so that we don't have to open ourselves up to the uncertainty of goodness, because that's so scary for us. And when we're in this space, we are really blocked from curiosity, from playfulness, from the miracle of the unknown, um, from surprises, all of these things that really are a part of life that we just cut ourselves off from because they are unacceptable to us in those moments because they bring up feelings of discomfort. And discomfort is misinterpreted as pain. And then pain gets misinterpreted as this thing that might kill us. Maybe that shows up also as us trying to control outcomes. And this can get very distorted and very self-harming in some ways. Because when we're trying to control outcomes, even if we tell ourselves we're doing it for the good and safety of ourselves, the good and safety of other people, we can become manipulative, we can lie, we can cheat, we can steal, and not even stealing money, but we can steal someone's confidence, someone's trust. We can bargain our integrity because we think that if we give this up in the moment, we'll at least secure an outcome that we can deal with. And some of these are the survival skills, the coping mechanisms that kept us alive in a dangerous situation in childhood or a dysfunctional family or some space that just wasn't safe. And it really begins to distort a bit as we go into adulthood, even when we move out of those very dangerous situations. And we feel that we are unprepared to show up for our life with agency, with money, with responsibility, with the ability to do whatever we want, whenever we want. You might think that that sounds good to us, and it's actually terrifying. A really good example of this is the idea of fun, whatever that is, whether it's a vacation, whether it's a leisure activity, whether it's resting, whether it's relaxing, just something even self-indulgent or embodying self-love. You know, we hear that so often in pop culture, you know, just about loving ourselves. And it seems like this thing that everyone has access to. Well, some people would be shocked to know that some of us just do not and that vacations are terrifying. They are not relaxing. That leisure activities, they're so full of unknowns that we can't allow ourselves to tap into that because what bad thing is going to happen to me if I'm not in rigidity, if I'm not moving from point A to point B to point C and getting something done? If I'm not earning my keep, if I relax for one moment, it's these thoughts and feelings that can make it almost impossible to show up and enjoy our life or to show up with emotional resilience or emotional sobriety in those moments that are really challenging. If our earliest experiences with the world were based on insecurity, and I don't mean just emotional insecurity, but actual 
insecure resources, insecure feelings of safety, insecure emotions, never knowing what was going to walk through the door, never knowing what was going to get thrown at our heads, never knowing what word or name we would be called. All of that insecurity, that lack of protection and consistency and care and nurturing, that is really important in our younger years. If we've never had that, how do we explore confidently? How do we move through the world with confidence? How do we allow those fearful feelings to rise up and to not allow them to overwhelm us in every moment? How do we let down our guard to show up for the good and the bad and also for the unknown, the thing that can't be categorized because we just have to dive in and do it? And do we end up cutting ourselves off from those things? And sure, we probably protect ourselves from some of the scary, bad, challenging things, but how often are we cutting ourselves off from the good, from the miracles, from the life-changing moments and experiences and people that cross our paths. And I thought it was important to speak about that today, not because we're going to solve it on this podcast, but because it's really important to understand that you are not alone, that other people have had similar experiences and that there are ways to navigate them. And the moment we begin to do this work or to look at ourselves or our lives a new way, we grant silent permission to the person next to us to do the same. And that is so powerful. And if you related to some of the examples I've shared so far, you may also find that you have a tendency to abandon yourself. And that may have happened very often in childhood as a method of emotional safety. Sometimes we go through things and we can absolutely not be present for it because we think we won't survive. But that creates a pattern within us. And how do we honor that experience, honor what we had to do as a younger person who didn't have all the freedom we have in adulthood and release some of that? and evolve, evolve our coping mechanisms, evolve in our survival skills, and eventually get to a place where we begin to thrive. And what does that look like? That inability to sit with any emotions. You know, it can look like punishing ourselves or berating ourselves, chastising ourselves anytime we have a feeling, especially when those feelings come up and we deserve comfort. We deserve compassion. And those are the things that we would give to anyone else who shared those thoughts or feelings with us, but we deny ourselves that same compassion. So I know that it's very common for people to say, just blank, just do something, just let it happen, just let it go, just let those feelings in. But I actually don't think all of us are quite there yet. So I'm going to say just for today, if you want to take something from this episode, how about allowing those emotions to rise up, to name them appropriately, and to not assign all the feelings and stories to them. So not propelling ourselves into loving every emotion and embracing every emotion, 
but just allowing them to be. And that is tolerance. That's emotional tolerance. And I do feel that that's an important step before we begin embracing everything we think and feel because we establish safety that way. So if I have uncomfortable feelings, whether it's in a negative situation or a positive situation, maybe stepping back from the story that I urgently want to tell myself about this situation to increase my feeling of safety. So maybe that means looking at the situation and saying, I actually physically am safe. I am no longer in the situation I was in previously. And it's okay for me to name these emotions. Maybe I find that I'm even very unfamiliar with the emotions and I can't name them. And this exercise is so important. Maybe I think any emotion is certain death. And this is my opportunity to begin unpacking them and familiarizing myself with them and getting acquainted with them. The term inner child is heard all over social media, all over self-help and wellness communities. And I have to admit, the very first time that I even heard that term, my entire body cringed. And not even from a place of judgment, but from a very visceral place where it felt unsafe to be a child. I actually had body work done many years ago when I was running the cancer center by one of the great practitioners there. And they were talking about tapping into the feeling of being a child, that inner child wound. And it was so uncomfortable, so deeply uncomfortable. And it made me realize how unsafe it felt to be a child. And how all of the opportunities and experiences that we should, you know, quote unquote, should have in childhood, so many of us didn't have because we didn't have the opportunity. And how important it is for us, even as adults, to allow ourselves that exploration and play, that pointless joy, you know, something that doesn't have a return on investment something that we don't turn into a side hustle, something that's not profitable, something that we can allow ourselves to be bad at and to enjoy anyway. Could you imagine that? Failing at something and still allowing yourself to do it? How powerful that must be. And for so many of us, it seems so impossible. But I'm going to encourage that if any of the things that I've shared in this episode are resonating with you and you do feel that you have been in that very contracted, punitive, hypervigilant, controlling space, I'm going to encourage you to invite play into your life. And no, we don't have to run around acting like children, but find things that bring you joy. And if you struggle to find those things, don't give up. Because that's another thing that we sometimes do. If we can't find something immediately, we run away from it. Maybe this is a journey of almost peeling back the layers of what it is that sparks that joy in us, that really lights us up. And this is our opportunity to investigate that. And that's all this is. It's an investigation into who we are, what we want, what we like, what makes us tick. And we deserve the space and time to figure that out. 
even if it doesn't seem as if it's going to lead us to the next thing. Pointless joy. That's my phrase for the week. I'm offering that to myself and I'm offering it to you. Find some pointless joy. Another thing that I would love for everyone to take from this episode is that you are absolutely allowed to forgive yourself. And I'll say it again. You are allowed to forgive yourself. You are allowed to make mistakes. And I know that this can be a very unacceptable feeling for some of us because it's complex. It's layered. Maybe there are people in our lives who did horrific, almost unforgivable things to us. So the idea of grace and forgiveness feels like a violation. And how do we come to terms with that? When we, as human beings, having a human experience, have inevitably failed. We failed someone, either ourselves or someone else. We've made a mistake. We made a bad judgment call. We did the wrong thing. We knew better and we chose not to. Or we were reacting out of fear or compulsion or uncertainty. And we allowed it to overtake us. I think it's time for us to begin forgiving ourselves. And that's so much easier said than done. So I want to offer something. I am a believer in scaling things. So the world might tell us you just have to do something and you have to go all in. Guess what? That doesn't work for all of us. So how about this? We begin by identifying very small, inconsequential things that we can begin to forgive ourselves for. And we develop that emotional muscle. So whether that is making the wrong turn on the drive to work, whether that's, oh, I said something stupid in conversation, beginning there, and the moment you feel yourself wanting to punish yourself, offering yourself the option of forgiveness and seeing what that looks like. What does it sound like? What does it feel like? And honestly, for some of us, maybe we have no idea what it sounds like because we've never heard it before. Maybe we grew up in a home or a situation where punishments were extreme and we never knew when they were coming. So we live in this frightened state at all times and everything seems like a fist flying towards us or words that we cower from. But this is your opportunity to check in with yourself every day and say, was there something today that I could have forgiven myself for? And instead of sitting in that, why didn't I, and punishing ourselves some more, just instantly beginning to move into forgiveness and figuring out what that feels like in your own body. What does that sound like when you say it with your own voice? One thing that I often remind people of when they're in a similar situation, and it's actually something I said on a phone call earlier today, was you did the best that you could with the information that you had. And I know for some of us, we think, no, but I I knew better. Maybe information is not just the intellectual information we have. Maybe it's the information we have in our body. Maybe it's our emotional bandwidth. Maybe it's the ability to be resilient and show up and stretch and grow in these situations. And maybe we don't have that information. And we did the best we could with the information we did have. And maybe that information was, if you don't do this, everything's going to implode. 
If you don't do this, something bad's going to happen. And so we made a mistake. So I would say forgiveness is incredibly important. Thank you so much for being here. Until next time, make sure to hit the follow button on your favorite podcast listening platform. Take a moment to rate and review this podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, consider making a monthly donation to support this podcast by clicking the link in my Instagram bio or scrolling down to the notes section of this episode.